This is the Reflector Reflections podcast. My name is Annie. Join me as we journey around the world, talking with fellow reflectors as they experiment and navigate their unique design. Today's beautiful conversation is with Karishma. Karishma is a 1-3 reflector and uses her own experience as a guiding point. She is a quarter life guide and Dharma coach. Welcome, Karishma. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on and Thank you also for creating this um, platform. I just love that we as reflectors can come together and share experiences. Oh, you are so welcome. Karishma, I have a question which I'm sure most people may want to know straight off the get-go. Can you please explain to us what a quarter-life guide is and a Dharma coach? Because I would love to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, quarter life guide is just a term that I started using on my own. Um, And I think it ties into the story about how I discovered human design as well and found out that I'm a reflector. Um, So a couple of years ago, I was really struggling with my mental health. I was quite in a low place. And I was also having external struggles in terms of career and health. And I just felt like there was a lot going wrong with my life. I was feeling a lot of resistance. I was having a lot of low self-worth as well. Um, And so I was, uh, as well as some health issues um, that came up. And I just went through this phase of really questioning life and really searching for answers. And that led me down um, looking at different modalities. So um, the first one that I really started looking into was astrology. Um, And I learned that I was in my Saturn return, which um, affects us during our quarter life phase. Um, So around the ages of 28 to 30, um, and it's when Saturn makes a full 360 degree uh, return back into the place that it was when you were born. Mm -hmm. Um, And Saturn um, affects us it's called emerging adulthood in the astrology community because it really affects us by putting us on the path to like on a correct path and an aligned path for us and kind of shows us what's kind of getting in the way and where we're out of alignment. Um, And so that was my entry point into this idea of astrology and human design and knowing about the fact that I was in my Saturn return, a lot of the struggles that I was going through made a lot of sense, Um, especially the career struggles based on where my Saturn is placed. Um, So after that, um, to make a long story short, um, based on my experience, I really wanted to help others um, and guide them through this period of transition and this phase, this quarter life phase. Um, So I started calling myself a quarter life guide. And then (laughs) Thank you. And then from there, as I also started learning and exploring about different modalities for myself, um, you know, such as hypnotherapy, um, EFT, uh, visualization, a lot of different techniques, um, then I wanted to bring this all together in a life coaching um, way. And I wanted to, you know, become a life coach and get certified. And so the program that I chose was... um, through the Dharma Coaching Institute. So I've adopted the title as Dharma Coach, but it it really is a life purpose coach. um, And it just uses different modalities to help um, find your purpose and your Dharma in life. And that's what Dharma means in um, the Sanskrit origin of it. 
Um, it means, um, you know, your highest potential and your purpose and what you're here for. I love that. I love that you've tied all of that together. So what came first? Let's, let's go back. Did <laughs> you finding a human design or human design finding you come first or did this modalities of finding astrology and all those kind of things come first? Take us I back. Think it was kind of like a domino effect. So everything was around the same time. So it was early 2019 that I was in this place of, okay, I'm going to like really experiment and try things out and try modalities out and um, like learn about different um, systems and how they can help me understand who I am. So of course we all know about Enneagram and Meyer Briggs and things like that. So I did it all. I really, really did it all. Um, and I really wanted to find the answer, which of course now, as I know, there isn't one answer, but I think when I was trying everything, the one that resonated the most was human design, of course. And of course it did because I found out I was a reflector. Um, so like I said, it was a domino effect. So the first thing was, um, you know, experimenting with my Briggs Enneagram, finding astrology and learning about Saturn return, and then learning about being a reflector and human design. Mm, wow. And finding that out, like talk to me or talk to us about that. Like when you found out, how did that make you feel? Honestly, it was really like an instantaneous like click for me. And it was suddenly like, okay, everything makes sense. Um, I understand now why maybe I felt so um, behind in life. Um, I understand why I always felt like I was constantly changing and my identity was changing depending on who I was around and also like what environment I was around, what phase of life I was in, what job I was in um, and things like that. And also I think the biggest thing for me is just this, it's just this idea of knowing that because I am 1% and I am so rare and I'm so unique that why am I trying to be like everyone else? Why mm. am I struggling and why am I feeling so low and down about myself because I don't fit into everyone else or I don't, um, I'm not feeling good with trying to have the same career as other people or the same kind of life trajectory as others. So just kind of like, gave me this permission and this huge like yeah just immediately this thing of this sense of freedom of I'm gonna stop I'm just gonna stop yeah. trying and pushing and feeling resistance and feeling like the struggle and I'm just I'm just gonna stop everything that I was doing until that point and I'm just gonna embrace this idea of being unique and being so different to other people mm -hmm. I mean to the majority of the world really and you know what, it is, it is such a nice thing to, to find that out about yourself because something that I'm hearing quite often is, you know, we really do lack this sense of purpose through most of our life. We kind of feel we don't fit in anywhere. We don't sort of like mesh anywhere. You know, we just, there's this common theme where sometimes we just feel like, oh, what's wrong with me? And so when you do find this out, as you're saying, you know, to find out you're unique, it really does make you feel not that you're above anybody, but just feel special. You just go, oh, oh, I am, I am actually unique. Because I think deep down we've always known it that we're different. We all, we've all felt this that we're very different. 
Absolutely. I mean, now looking back on my life, I can understand why I felt the way I did so many times in so many instances. But I agree with you. It's not about feeling above anybody else. It's not mm-hmm. about like, it's just about it's and, and I think that the difference is I used to feel like I was behind or I was below, like I was not at the same level as, as my peers or my colleagues. And so now I'm like, okay, I don't even need to be at their level. I don't need to be above. I don't need to be below. I'm just like completely separate. There's no such thing as these levels anyways. Yeah. That is just yeah. totally us trying to keep up with all the sacrals. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't it? It's that conditioning. Yeah. So Krishma, you're a one three and mm-hmm. that comes with a different level of awareness, doesn't it? Finding out that this is my this is my profile. Can you talk to yeah. us about about how that was for you? Absolutely. I mean, so I think there are some things that I definitely still struggle with embracing in terms of my one three profile. So um, I have always been someone who likes to like you know experience have different experience life experiences and kind of go on adventures in a way. So I've I took a gap year before university and I backpacked around Thailand and I, you know, volunteered as an English teacher. I was always kind of taking these like career breaks to like leave, drop everything and, you know, go traveling again. Um, So I think um, my life has been kind of full of these adventures, but I always, again, felt like I was something was wrong that I always wanted to do that, that I wanted to do this trial and error um, and have the experiences. Um, So I think now it's just, okay, that again is there for a reason. It's part of my line three profile and it is unconscious. So I don't understand why I feel the need to do it, but I just kind of have to embrace and accept that that is part of my life. And I don't have to also feel ashamed about it in a way. Mm. Um, and then with the line one, again, it's so prevalent in my life in terms of even when I was exploring all the modalities, like I had to find all of them. I had to experience all of them and I had to get to the root of all of them. Um, you know, I definitely went down deep into the human design rabbit hole and just learned everything, signed up for so many courses and just wanting to learn and absorb all the information. Um, but when I say like, it is still a struggle to embrace that it's cause I still feel like sometimes I get, I like, I don't think I have a balance between the two lines in my profile. So sometimes I'm either way too much on the line one side where I'm kind of wanting to learn and just absorb more. And I get kind of stuck in that. And I don't go out and do when I don't experience or maybe in the past, it's been too much of the opposite where I'm just like, I'm going to have all these experiences and leave everything behind and try this out. Um, so I would love to um, witness, I'm not saying force myself into anything. I would love to witness how the balance plays out in my life moving forward. Mm, that's actually really, that's a, that's a really good thing to think about. And I can really relate to that as well, that sometimes yeah. it's not all just a line five or a line one. It's it, it just it it's like scales isn't it sometimes you go yeah. here and sometimes you're here and and maybe the point of that isn't that there's going to be balance because we're dealing with so many yeah. other variables such as our challenge uh, sorry our channels and gates and transits like hello yeah, of course <laughs> we are so susceptible <laughs> to so many things and I think yeah. it really is that let's just go with the flow 
um, hardest thing ever for that line one, I think, to just go with the flow. But it's like, oh, I've just got to relax and go with the flow. Yeah, I think, again, it says line one. I think sometimes I feel like I'm stuck, like I'm really stuck in the line one. And I don't want to say stuck as like a negative thing. Um, because I'm, again, I'm trying to witness and observe and not attach these like positive or negative to anything. Um, but sometimes it is, it does get frustrating and you're like, okay, why can't I just, you know, have momentum or move forward? Um, but it is really, it's so susceptible to the transits, to what's going on, to who I'm around as well in my environment. And even like COVID, for example, I mean, we literally have been stuck in one place for so long with COVID. So I think something that I realized is maybe that has led me to being a little bit more in my line one for the past couple of years as well. Mm. Do you do you find it helpful to to talk to other reflectors and just think, oh, see and feel I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this feeling of just going, oh, why can't I get momentum? I was just hearing you say that before. Why can't I get momentum? I'm like, you're speaking my words. It's exactly what goes through my head. It goes through everybody's head. Does, does it help you to feel that, that there's everybody else is out there. We're all the same going, oh, shit. <laughs> Can't get my Absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, it definitely does give me comfort to know that there are other reflectors who are dealing with the same things. And I think it's also like, as we connect and we talk more to each other, it's also reminding each other that, that is also okay and it's part of our design and we're meant to be rather than do as we've heard as we hear so much as reflectors but it, we all need that reminder and I think it's so amazing to be able to connect with other reflectors and do that um, and that's why I was saying I love that you started this platform because I think for me I haven't really gone out and connected with too many other reflectors so just a little bit through social media like through the Facebook group or through some interaction and on Instagram, you know, DMs, but nothing like concrete. So yeah. 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 I I agree totally. I think this is it's been so rewarding and so beneficial to just talk to other people and and just feel not alone and that we're all in this together and we're all helping each other and we're all trying to figure this stuff out. Um yeah. I've loved it. So I really, you know, I thank you again for taking this time. So let's let's um let's talk a little, get a little bit more juicy again and really dive into when you found out what were some of the things that you first started doing as a part of going, okay, the books are telling me or the website's telling me that this is what I've got to do to live my authority and my strategy. What did you do? So I think, like I said, the first thing was I just stopped doing everything that I was previously doing. Um, so when I say stop doing that stuff, so like, you know, stop trying to have the same career as else and really, um, at the same time, like I said, I also, um, my discovery of human design also coincided with some health issues. So I did actually physically have to stop everything that I was doing. Um, I left my job and things like that. So, but I always had the mental pressure of like, okay, like when am I going to be healed so that I can find a job? Like, let me, you know, apply for jobs. Let me try to, you know, push through. Um, and so I think that's the thing. I really just stopped doing everything. I was like, okay, when is I'm going to take time to physically heal? And I'm just going to stop like putting the pressure on myself that I have to heal in a certain like time frame. Um, and mm. two was, yeah, just with everything, I think just with overall, like um, 
you know, I, I know it's like um, a lot is spoken about the projectors awaiting for an invitation and like not initiating or even generators, but it's the same for reflectors, like, right? I was, I was someone who was constantly initiating. I was like connecting with people. I was like trying to network for my career. And I was like, let's meet for coffee. Let's do this. And I just really, really stopped everything. Yeah. So that's the first thing I did. Um, and then um, there was also two things that happened. So one was um, I did, I did try to follow my strategy and authority by tracking the moon, but I also did the thing that I think a lot of us who um, discover human design do, which is really try to learn everything that there is. Mm -hmm. So I spent a long time in this phase of wanting to, in this into like wanting to intellectualize human design. So wanting to read all books, um, listen to all the podcasts, um, and just really like learn and absorb all the information. And I think it really took me a long time to get out of the the intellectualizing phase and into the embodying phase. Mm. Um, and I think it really only happened this year in 2021. So I'd say like more than a year into my human design experiment is when I finally was like able to unconsciously make the shift towards yeah. more embodiment. And that's where I've started noticing more kind of cycles and rhythms to my life. So I'm, I've actually never, um, conscientiously tracked the lunar cycle so you know where you look up where exactly the gate is going to be and how, when is it transiting is it transiting in 10 hours and 12 hours and like really tracking that way um and tracking the 28 days I've never done it so um meticulously but what I started doing was just noticing like okay when I'm faced with a life decision um like how long does it take me to get to the point where I'm ready to decide on that, whether it's a yes or no. And I just kind of did it by like, you know, putting a note in my calendar. This came into my awareness today. Like I want to decide about this major decision um, and just putting it in my calendar. And then whenever I'm ready to decide on it, I'd look back at my calendar and was like, okay, that was either 28 days, one cycle, two cycle, you know, however long it took. Um, and then also, I think as I've gotten more into the rhythms of, and cycles, I've noticed that um, like when the moon is in certain um, signs is when I'm ready to make decisions more quickly. So if the moon is in Aries, for example, then I'm kind of quick to action as well. Yeah. Um, so through it all, like I wouldn't say that I followed the 28 days strategy very closely, um, something that I've also realized is that I really like follow my intuition when making decisions. So sometimes that intuitive hit comes in the moment and I actually act upon the decision based on the intuitive, intuitive hit as well. Yeah. And then sometimes I've also acted on intuition, but ended up being disappointed with the outcome. So I just kind of witness and observe everything. I'm like, oh, okay, so I was disappointed with that decision I made. Or even sometimes when I've waited a lunar cycle, I'm disappointed. Yeah. So it's just really about observing it and being like, okay, now I know that I was disappointed when I made my decision that way or when I tried to make this particular life decision. And then maybe that will help in the future with decisions. I mean, let's see, I haven't really gotten that far yet. Um, but yeah, I think it's really just about witnessing, observing and like accepting no matter what the outcome is. I really love that. That's just 
it's really wise advice just for somebody as well to just say, you don't have to track it all. You just have to, something's come in, as you said, something's come into my awareness. I've noted it down. And when I feel that I'm ready to make a decision, then I go, oh, how long has that been? I think that's actually really, that's really handy just to say, we don't need 28.88954 you know, days. <laughs> Sometimes it's just using trusting in your own body or trusting in that embodiment as we're talking about of just going okay yes. when does it feel okay for me to go yes or no because that's really all, yeah. the, all the all the decision we're making isn't it just I just want to know a yes or a no should I go with this or yeah. should I not so I really love that, that yeah you, you did that and you did that intuitively to just go I'm going to do it my way because yeah we all do Thank it different you. ways I mean, but it's that's of yeah. course it's really taken time to get here. I just knew that I wasn't someone that was going to track like everything. Like I just, I don't have that energy. I just can't be bothered to do it really. Um, so I just have to find my own way. Um, and I think something that I realized as well when I'm trying to make decisions is it's, it's always playing on my mind, right? Like I'm faced with the decision and there's it's it's always coming back into my awareness it's always coming back into my mind and for me to note it down in my calendar was a way to get it out of my mind because also we want to do everything possible to get things out of our head so that was the way that I realized that I could get it out of my head like I will put it in my calendar and I'll let it go in that way because I didn't really have another way to let it go and I was just repeating it in my head Mm -hmm. um so that was yeah that was why I decided to go with that method it's like a journaling, isn't it? It's just like exactly. we, you know, they th- they throw this at us that you know we have to track the lunar cycle, but essentially, what's happening is we're probably turning into journalists. We're turning into diary creators. We're throwing something in our calendar or a diary and just going, "I'm going to sit on that for a little bit and writing it." Being able to, as you say, sort of like get it out of your head and onto something, paper, a digital calendar, or whatever it is. It's very therapeutic. Exactly. I mean, like. I am not the best at it still. Like it does still go in around in my head before I finally get it out. But I do think that getting it out is just the best way to eventually let go of it. Yeah. Thank you. That's so good. So share with us, if you may, your family, your upbringing and things like that. Do you want to just talk to us about that? I find that it's really helpful to just reflect on our lives and go, ah, And I love hearing the stories of people when they reflect on their lives, when they find out about human design, because then they just go, huh, makes sense. So would you like to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I think something, it's something that I'm still kind of detaching and observing and reflecting on in my life is my relationship and my family dynamic and how that affects me. But essentially I am in a family full of generators. So my father and my sister are both pure generators And they both have, so my sister has um, seven out of nine centers defined and my father has um, eight out of nine. And my mom was a a manifesting generator. So still, you know, with that sacral energy. So something that I have been kind of understanding and reflecting back on in my life is how has that sacral energy kind of put pressure on me um, all throughout my life. And a couple of observations that I like that I uh, or conclusions that I've come to have been um, one is around um, just the energy to do. 
Um, so definitely, especially if I think about my father, like he's constantly doing stuff. Like he has, he, in a day, he just wants to get everything done. And he's like, go, go, go until it's all done. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I need to take my time. I can't do things that fast or I'm really tired. I don't like, you know, even if he's tired or he's kind of resting or, or sitting down, if something needs to be done, he'll jump up and do it. Right. And I'm like the opposite. I'm like, I can't do that. And it definitely used to like put pressure on me because, you know, if he's my dad and he's able to have this energy, why can't I do it? And why am I letting him do things for me and, you know, not doing them for myself kind of thing? Um, So that's one thing that I've kind of had to just understand and accept about myself. Like he's always going to be that type of person who wants to get it done in the moment. And I'm always going to be the person that, really either needs to take my time to do something or, or just be like, you do it and I'm not going to do it. Um, and then another kind of thing I've observed as well is, um, th- so throughout my life, um, I was always someone who needed to lock myself in my room growing up as a teenager. Of course, part of it is, you know, the normal thing we go through <laughs> as teen, like yeah. angsty and everything. But um, I always needed to kind of lock myself in my room and my family would always kind of be hanging out together. Um, and I'd kind of just, you know, separate myself and, and, and need that time alone. And I used to feel like the guilt because I'm like, why am I not there with them? Or, you know, they'd be like, why don't you spend all this time with us? Um, and now I just understand it as needing time alone, needing time to like decondition, decompress and not really being able to keep up with them all the time. Mm. Um, And I think the last conclusion I've made as well is about um, the sacral energy, not only the sacral energy, but overall like eating around other types. So I think something that I've realized is if I don't eat alone, I kind of overeat in a way, like I'll never know when enough is enough in terms of the actual food and the portion sizes. Um, so, so something that I really consciously try to do now is eat alone because I just need to be by myself and understand what is enough for me in that way. That's really, that's really good. Have you gone right into your taste and color and everything like that with your charts? Yes, I have. And one thing, I, so I definitely looked at my um, determination, yeah. uh, cognition, and even environment. Um, and one thing that I want to say about that is I didn't really, um, look into it until I was, you know, a couple of months or even a year into my experiment, but it's really helped me um, decondition and understand myself better. I think like as reflectors, because we don't have consistent energy to hold on to mm-hmm. and to help us understand ourselves. One thing that I realized is once I, uh, once I started really looking into my arrows and I did my, the two left arrows mostly, Um, on the on the design side is when I really started to be like okay I can understand myself now and I have a tool for one is deconditioning and two is just kind of like understanding you know who I am in that way as well and what I need because as we know um, reflectors are so susceptible to the environment we're in right Um, so that's why I think knowing your environment through the arrows makes a huge difference and as well as determination because we're also so susceptible to what we're absorbing both food and information wise Mm. so for me to understand my um 
determination in that way has helped me be a little bit more selective in what I'm absorbing and when. Yeah. And I guess with, as you were saying, with two generators and a manifesting generator, you were raised in that, in that environment, I suppose. Do you feel that you're deconditioning? And, and I, I kind of, I'm starting to not like that word of deconditioning. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. just kind of rubbing me out, but I just think, you know what, what I'm saying, the, the deconditioning phase of you that you've constantly had that pressure to do, 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 be, 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 be. And again, probably those feelings, as you were saying, you know, when you're around generators and how they can just keep going and going and going. <laughs> and you kind of think, you know, oh, why can't I do that? Do you feel that this deconditioning, and I, I'm air quoting here, um, is extensive or has been extensive for you? Or has it been very much like, oh, okay, that's what I need to do now. or that's who I need to be now. I think it, I think it's gone through phases and it's also gone through like certain like phases of being more conscious about it. And just, um, in other words, it just, it kind of happens naturally. Mm. So, and I also definitely think that the pandemic has helped with everything like slowing down and just allowing me, um, really to sit with myself and really, um, just understand like, who I am without the chaos of the outside world. Like even like sitting at home all the time and not having the option to go out during the peak of the pandemic, I think that did really help me. So I think it's a mix of both. Um, I don't really think that I'm too like conscious now of, okay, I need to do this to decondition. I don't really Mm -hmm. do that. It's just, again, like really accepting that I need to take my time with things and, and not being... And being unapologetic about it, you know, Mm. like, of course, you're always going to get comments and you're always going to get like feedback from people of like, oh, why can't you just do it now or like do it faster or make a decision now. Um, And I just think like, I'm just unapologetic about it. I'm like, no, I just need to take my time and I'm not going to feel guilty or ashamed about it. Good on you. Because that's really hard. That's really hard to to honor that in yourself when we're in such still and as you say like the pandemic has really slowed the world down a little bit but we're still like pressured we just go ah and to be able to still stand strong and go no I'm actually going to take some time yeah have you obviously just in your work environment and and things like that when you're around people do you feel that just knowing and learning about who you are of course you're going to say yes but understanding who they are if they give you their birth details but you can really appreciate your friendships your family life all those kind of relationships that you're having like just in in general day-to-day your clients and stuff like that do you find that that's really enhanced your life because you can provide them what they need and advise them as you're doing and unapologetically this is who I am I think definitely yes. So I do have the charts of quite a few of my friends um, and I know a lot of them are projectors, but I think even without knowing a person's design, I think I do have this sense of just like empathy and acceptance. Like, you know, everyone is going through their own thing. And I just, if I'm going to be unapologetic about myself and not wanting to give into pressure, like I also need to accept that some people are going to give into pressure and some people have their own process and it's just the way, I mean, it's just the way that they are. Uh, Maybe it's consciously, it's unconsciously. Again, it's the way that the world is conditioning them. I think it's just given me a lot of like awareness and understanding of 
everyone is going through their own thing and you just have to let them go through it. Um, And I think something that I've kind of been trying to do for myself or like is, is just, is just, I want to work on myself so that I can kind of be like, not a role model, like, again, not someone who sits above anybody else, but I just want to be like, okay, if I can be myself as much as possible, then anybody can. Um, so I think it's about less about like going out and giving the advice, um, and sharing my wisdom, like about others, but it's really just sharing the wisdom and what I've learned about myself. And maybe that will translate into inspiring other people or allowing other people to have awareness in their own lives. And that's exactly what you're doing at the moment with, with your business, with, you know, doing the the coaching that you're doing, you're literally providing that beautiful experience that you have and being able to nurture and be wise, I guess, wise for other people and allow (laughs) them to be them. And then sort of, okay, how can I help you be a better you? Do you want to talk a little bit about that business sides of how you can really help people in that capacity? Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you for asking. So um, basically, like I said, I've kind of learned a different, a couple of different modalities and also systems. So in my like business, the sessions that I do is um, I will look at your, like a a client's birth chart um, through the lens of human design and um, astrology, but specifically evolutionary astrology, which is just kind of one um, system, which specifically looks at the um the nodes so the north and the south node as well as the planet pluto and it's really about kind of understanding your soul's evolution and really your soul purpose in this mm-hmm. um lifestyle i mean lifetime sorry so um those are so it's because i i like that because it gives you kind of a more concrete idea of what your purpose is here and what you're actually here to do. And it's not about do in terms of career, but it's your overall like theme, your life theme. It's the same as the incarnation cross. Um, And that's something that I look at from the human design um, chart as well. Um, And I just think it gives, so in the same way that it gave me comfort to know what my overall purpose is and also like what my highest potential is. Because another way we can think about our North node, or even Dharma as the Sanskrit word that it is, is it's our highest potential. So for me personally, to know that this is what my soul and myself and here, and I am able to achieve at my very highest level was just comforting to know. And I'm like, okay, where am I? Am I in the higher expression of something? Am I in the lower expression? Um, is this my shadow side? Is this my not self theme that are coming out in different life experiences? But knowing that above it all sits my highest potential has just given me a lot of comfort. And so when I do readings for clients, that's what I want to give them as well. I want to give them the overall idea of this is who you can be at your highest. And this is maybe how your life is playing out now based on what you're going through. And then again, that's where the Saturn return may come into it if they are within that quarter life phase of being 28 to 30 ish because our Saturn return has specific themes to it as well um, that really come into our awareness during that age range Um, so yeah I just really like to like give my clients the overall potential and then see where they are currently and how things are playing out Um, and that's kind of my philosophy through to um, 
with coaching is like, let's coach you through what you're going through and how you can get to that highest potential place. Jeez, I love that. And you know, you are so right. I've never truly been into astrology. Um, in my younger years, you know, you always read your star sign, but I used to think to myself, well, how is everybody the same? You know, that, that little paragraph that they yeah. have in the newspaper, I'm showing my age now, Anna, but you know, <laughs> that, and um, that, especially those years in those later twenties, early thirties, they are some really rocky times. Like it's, it's there, yeah, there is something there. And I had somebody in my earlier thirties um, do my natal chart and it, blew my mind literally blew my mm -hmm. mind it was very similar to what happened when I found human design how it blew my mind yeah but at the time I was just like wow this this is an investment of knowledge that I don't know if I've got time for right now but I have <laughs> I have such a deep respect for it because when she was doing my chart and looking what you're saying into I remember her talking to me about that north node and south node and I was thinking how do you know this about me how do you know that these these pivotal moments pivotal moments happened in my life so um I have a lot of respect for um <laughs> astrology and and those kind of things I yeah. think it's fascinating and I love that you can use that with um human design it must be such a such a gift to give the world and these readings that you do for people yeah thank you I think so I think someone who like I'm I'm Indian um as a culture, as my culture and my religion, right? So I've always been someone who is curious about my birth chart, but, um, and I've also looked into my birth chart a lot growing up, but I always um, looked, like I always asked someone else to read it for me. And of course, when I asked like um, an Indian astrologer, they're gonna go down the Vedic astrology route. And so think the concepts that come up through Vedic astrology are a little bit more abstract, I would say, than Western astrology. And I also feel like it was it was the idea of going to someone else and kind of, in a way, like giving my power away and like asking them for advice as well. Um, and so I think when I looked into my chart for myself for the first time, um, and I looked at it through the Western astrology lens, and that's what I studied, and that's where evolutionary astrology is based in as well. Um, but it really just gave me so much clarity, um, and it empowered me a lot. It was like, okay, I am looking at it for myself, and I can have this understanding um, of myself by myself now. And I think as well, like I said, I think as um, growing up Indian, like we we're all aware of our birth chart. We all look at it, but we don't have someone who can necessarily translate it in the right language. And that was one of my main motivations for studying astrology more. So I've kind of always studied a bit of both. So I'm like, okay, one, like in a certain phase, I'm like, okay, I'm really going to dive into the astrology side of things. And in another phase, I'm like, I'm really going to dive into the human design side of things or even like gene keys and, you know, all of whatever rabbit hole I end up yeah, down from there. Damn um, rabbit holes. Yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and our line ones. Um, but I think, yeah, I think when I look at a chart for clients, I really look at it from a different, like a few different, um, systems and then I kind of synthesize it in my own way to explain it to them I love that so fascinating now are you doing this pretty much full-time currently for yourself at the moment do you find that your energy obviously being a reader works more in line with your energy because you can you can rest when you need to or 
I definitely think so. So my goal is to do this full time and to really have this, you know, be what sustains me. Um, I'm still getting started out. So I'm also still kind of experimenting with how much energy can I put towards clients and how much energy do I need to um, keep for myself. And one of my um, like strategies for that right now is kind of limiting which days of the week I take on um, clients. And then, so it's like, I just take on, I just open my calendar up for clients um, twice a week. And then the rest of the week is just for me. And it's just something that I'm experimenting with. Um, But as I am really getting started out in this, I really also have to figure out how much of my own energy I can give to this. I think it's going to be an interesting observation um, for me to, to see how it plays out. Maybe I will get burnt out but I'm really not at that phase yet. Yeah. And I'm not really at that scale of my business yet either. So. I love that you brought that up because it is, it is something that we, we go into these things as self-healers or healers in any capacity or readers and, and work for ourselves, I suppose. And, and we want to we give so much of ourselves, but we need to be very mindful of our energy. And it's kind of like you've got to, you've got to sort of play around with it for a bit, don't you? To sort of figure out where the sweet spot is. At the same time, you might have more energy one week and less energy another. Yeah. And I think it really benefits us to work for ourselves in that capacity. At the same time, we also don't have that sacral energy kind of motivating yeah. us. But I guess when we can kind of like do this and something else and part-time, full-time jobs just don't suit reflectors. Like when, <laughs> when, when we I look really- at our lives, don't we? We just go, oh that's really hard how did I ever do that that's just like too hard yeah I'm not sure that I could really ever go back to the kind of career so I used to be in hospitality and I both have worked in the operation side as well as the more um like I worked in marketing as well for a hotel so both sides of it um where I'm either having like the structured hours sitting at a desk or I'm kind of on the floor in operations both didn't work for me and so I don't really think that I don't imagine myself going back to working full-time I don't think that I can sustain it um so let's see I mean every everything for me and with my line three is really trial and error so you know who knows but I do think that um a corporate job would definitely be difficult to sustain again. It's it's once you find these things out about yourself, isn't it? Once you you reconnect back to your true self, it's just like, how did I do that? Yeah. How, how did I ever do that? And now you but think I, oh, I could never do that. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't just think it's a non-sacral thing. I mean, I've also been reading a lot recently about how. Um, at this stage of the pandemic, like a lot of people are resigning. There's actually a phenomenon called the great resignation. So a lot of people are resigning from their jobs, like whether they're sacral beings or non-sacral. So I think it's just also this, like everyone is kind of awakening and realizing that maybe we can't sustain our energy towards corporate life, regardless of what type we are. Um, Global conditioning, isn't it? It's just global conditioning, not just us. Our, our exactly. beautiful generator friends are very prone to burnout because um, they, they, they don't know when to stop. They don't know when to <laughs> Poor stop. Um, and there also is the generator plateau that I, I know of personally that some generators in my life are going through as well. So and they just have to honor that. Yeah. 
And that's the, again, it's the beauty of human design. Know yourself, know yourself, yeah. understand yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just be, let's just be just better humans. Yeah, yeah, it's really, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people say that human design is a huge permission slip and it really is. It's really yeah. like, once you have that awareness, um, you can just accept. It's like how, for me, it was like an instantaneous click in my head. Um, maybe some people it takes them longer. It's not as instantaneous, but it really is that process of, understanding and then finding acceptance with who you are that's it isn't it biggest permission slip just like I give you now permission to be you that's so (laughs) true that is so true because it's just like oh thank you I really needed that clearly I needed that validation for someone to say you know what it's okay for you to you to be this person because there's nothing wrong with you this is just who you are and you're oh oh thank you yeah thank you exactly oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) no it really it it is really validating to hear someone um speak your truths back to you and that's why like you know having readings is really important like I know that for myself I did a lot of like self-learning and and exploration on my own but I have done some readings as well and I think just hearing somebody like validate and like speak your truths and just really like tell you what it is and how it is is so it's so nice it's so nice to have it um it feels really good as well so I think it I definitely think there are benefits to having a reading or a coaching or whatever it is I agree wholeheartedly agree it's so nice to be seen and and felt and heard exactly Karishma thank you so very much Um, how can we keep in touch with you you're on you're on the socials do you want to just plug what where you're at air quoting I love that Kazia taught me that just (laughs) tell people when you're air quoting like okay I'm air quoting (laughs) yeah so um I do I'm not very active on um socials for sure but I have my personal Instagram which is open to the public and that's where like I said like I really share my personal reflections on being a reflector and how things are playing out in my life. Um, And also I have my website where people can um, look through and book a session with me if they're interested. Um, Yeah, so that's where people can find me. Thank you so much, beautiful friend. I really appreciate your time. I'm glad that we're only a couple of hours apart because you're residing in Singapore and I'm in Brisbane. So what, we're only two hours, two? Yep, two hours. Two hours apart. It's two hours. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm really, I'm really honored to be here and to chat with you. It's been really nice. Um, and I'm really happy that we did it. And like I said, that you have this platform as well. Thank you Thank so you. very much.